Hey Divas, we are so happy you joined us for today's podcast. We are three best friends on a mission to grow closer to God and encourage others to do the same. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram for more uplifting content throughout the week. Let us know if you have any topics you'd like to hear or if you have any prayer requests. We hope you enjoy the episode. Hey, hey Divas! Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I realize it's like rotten on my face. <laughs> Hey Divas! So tonight's Devo, we have kind of a slightly different approach. I feel like for the past at least few weeks we've talked about women who had good qualities that we want to be like. Mm -hmm. And tonight's woman, I hope you don't want to be like her yeah. because she's one of the most evilest women in the Bible, maybe in history. Yeah. Um, so we're going to talk about Queen Jezebel. So we're going to talk about some qualities that she had. Some of them are good qualities, things that are just everybody has, but she used them the wrong way. Um, so she's kind of scattered throughout First Kings and a little bit into Second Kings. And as we learn about Elijah, that's where she comes in. So the first point about Jezebel is her influence. So she married an Israelite king named Ahab. And when she married him, she brought in the idol worship of Baal. And so because of this, Ahab built a temple and they had altars. And so naturally the people just kind of followed. That's kind of how they were. They're kind of like sheep. They're just kind of like, whatever the king was doing, like, well, we'll just do that too. They didn't really, a lot of, I mean, some of them probably did, but a lot of them just didn't stay, stand up for, you know, keeping with worship of God. Um, so in First Kings um, chapter 21, verse 25, it says, But there is no one like Ahab who sold himself to do wickedness in the sight of the Lord, because Jezebel his wife stirred him up. So we're not told exactly like what she did to like make him be like, yeah, I'll build you temples and stuff. But she obviously had a very powerful influence over her husband and just pushed Israel away from God. So with this, I think we need to look at our influences. You know, what around us is pushing us away from God? You know, friends, teachers, you know, what is it that's making you kind of influencing you away from the Lord? And are you doing something that may, you know, influence other people away from the Lord? So what do y'all think about that? I mean, influence is such a strong thing, you know, it's so powerful um, that we don't even really have to do anything, you know, to try to influence people. I mean, we just do that automatically through our actions. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, you can't just be like, well, today I'm not having a good day. I'm just going to turn that influence, you know, mm -hmm. off. I'm going to not influence anybody. You, know, you can't do that. Um, it doesn't matter, um, you know, what you say. It's your actions that follow. That's what, you know, um, influences others. Um, so that's kind of a scary thing because sometimes we do mess. I mean, we all mess up. I'm not saying, you know, um, we don't. Um, but you just have to be careful about, you know, what you're saying on social medias and, you know, what you're doing off of social media, um, you know, and on the weekends or at school. Um, because those are the times, you know, that um, really influence people. Because um, just in, you know, in the high school years, like that's such a, you know, people are in the age where they're looking for someone, you know, to influence them. They're trying to figure out who they are, you know, and, yeah. and so, you know, when 
and you know, like you said, you got to be careful about the people you're around and make sure you're around those people that are going to, you know, keep you um, on track with God first and then, you know, the rest after. So, yeah. And it's not even just people that influence you, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, we have idols all around us, you know, I have a big one right here mm -hmm. that I am, am working to get away from, but, um, you know, it can be social media, you know, influencer is a whole job mm -hmm. now, apparently. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, with, with influence, it can, it's both ways. Cause you know, you're influenced and you influence other and the things that influence you are going to influence the people that you're around too. So if you're getting good things coming in, then good things are going to come out. And the same with bad, if bad things are coming in, then bad things are going to come out. It's mm -hmm. very true. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is like, you know, probably what you were saying, Marina is like, are you posting, you know, good things on social media? You, you may post Bible verses or, you know, really good quotes from people that you, th you say that will, you know, inspire you and you hope will reach other people. But are you living that life? You know, mm -hmm. are you all talk and you're not walking the walk? You know, you know, I've known people who, yeah, they around other Christians, they're acts like they're, you know, really great. They're doing all these great things and they're, they're studying and stuff, but on the weekends or, you know, at night and stuff, they would go and drink and party and, and it's hard to have respect for somebody like that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> a lot of people put on that Christian mask when they're around Christians mm -hmm. and they only wear it when they're around Christians, but like deep down who they are as a person does not reflect Christian right. When I was in high school, I was thinking, you know, oh, well, I'm going to hang out with these people. Like, I know they, they drink on the weekends, but I'll never do that. You know, like, I know I've got, you know, this in my head that this is the way I want to be and I'm going to stick to this, but I'm still going to keep these friends. And, um, you know, in First Corinthians um, 15, 33, it says evil company corrupts good habits. And it really does. I mean, yeah. you know, you can, you can keep those friends. But eventually they're going to start weaken, weakening that, that that wall you have up there, you know, that standard that you have up there. So you really have to be careful. You know, you can be nice to him still, but, it, you know, you just you just have to, you know, watch out for yourself um, in that situation. Yeah, for sure. Um, so the second thing about Jezebel was her attitude. In 1 Kings 17, Elijah goes and tells Ahab and Jezebel that God is sending a drought. And probably because of all the wickedness going on, because that's, you know, how mm -hmm. God did things back then. You know, if the Israelites had strayed away, he would send in somebody to, like, capture them and take them into captivity for a while. Trying to teach them a lesson. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, it was probably due to the wickedness of, of the king and queen. And so, Elijah just kind of, like, goes in and tells the message. And then, like, God tells him, all right, now go here and, you know, I'll take care of you. And so, it's like he kind of runs and is like, hey, well, there's going to be a drought, but I'm leaving. <laughs> so, um, so, then about three years goes by. And Elijah goes back and says, God is sending rain, the drought's over. Um, maybe hoping that they would change their ways after this. And then we learn that Jezebel murdered many prophets of the Lord. And Obadiah hid 150 in caves to try to protect them. And so the Bible doesn't say this, but you can almost kind of infer that it seems like she did this out of revenge. Because mm -hmm. Elijah tells her this, and we find out she killed a bunch of prophets. So it's almost like she was saying, all right, if your God is going to do this, I'm just going to kill his prophets. Mm -hmm. So, and then Elijah challenges 450 prophets of Baal to this like big showdown of, you know, who's the, who's the real God, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we're going to build altars and you, and, you know, you tell Baal to 
send the fire for the altar. And of course, nothing happened because Baal is not a real mm -hmm. God. And Elijah just drenches his altar in water. And of course, God sends the fire and, you know, just consumes everything. And then they take all the prophets of Baal out and they kill them all, which Jezebel did not like. And so then she wants to kill Elijah. Because probably because the people were going to return to the true God because they're like, this is the real God. You know, they remembered the things that he had done. And she didn't want that because it gives her power over them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, instead of Jezebel having the attitude of, you know, seeing the things that God had done, she has the attitude of, I'm just going to get rid of y'all because you're not going, you're not doing the things that I think you should do. I'm just going to try to take care of the problem instead of seeing, you know, the power of God in all of this. She doesn't take correction really well. Um, you know, sometimes we might hear a sermon or a lesson or, you know, maybe a friend comes to us to try to correct our mistakes. Like, hey, I know you've been doing this. You know, we don't want to rethink it. You know, how do we take correction? What is our attitude towards a preacher or, you know, just someone delivering a lesson like us? Maybe, maybe we step on your toes a little bit. You know, are you like, oh, wow, I need to step back and rethink this. Or are you like, well, I'm just not going to listen to them anymore. You know, I'm not going to that church anymore. I'm not going to be friends with them because all they do is tell me things I did wrong. Um, and maybe, maybe it seems like they do, but maybe you're doing a lot of stuff wrong. <laughs> I don't know. So like, how, how do you react? You know, do, are we quick to point out their faults because like, well, you know, you did this, mm -hmm. you know, it's real easy to fall back on that kind of reaction. Um, or do we listen and take it as, you know, they're trying to love us, they're concerned for our soul. You know, whether it's a friend or a preacher or us, because we are concerned for your souls. And all we want is to try to help you to be better people. So, you know, for me, like when someone comes to me and tells me that I'm wrong, like that's something that's really hard to, yeah, I mean, I think is. for most people, it's hard to, you know, to take um, because is. nobody really wants to be wrong. But a lot of people are. I mean, and you're going to be wrong about something, you know, mm -hmm. um, but it, it, it kind of sets off a little fire inside of you, mm -hmm. like makes you angry. You know, for me, it does. It just kind of like, oh, you know, yeah. they're telling me I'm wrong, you know, mm -hmm. like and um, they're, they're they think I'm so wrong. They think they have to come up to me and tell me about, you know, that. That just really um, makes me mad at first, to be honest. And, um, you know, it, but you have to hold that reaction and think about it and be like, okay, because if you react out of that anger, of course it's going to be bad and it's just going to make that situation, you know, way worse than it has to be. And then, you know, um, but if you just put that fire out, if you just, you know, thank them for, t you know, telling you, even if you don't, even if you don't agree, you know, just thank them for bringing it to your attention that you'll, you know, reevaluate that situation and, um, you know, move on from there. Cause sometimes people tell you, you know, tell you things that maybe are wrong. Um, but you know, in a lot of cases, you know, um, they come to you out of concern and, um, you know, once you think about it and think with a straight mind, you're like, you know what, I should probably do better at that. You know, thank you. So, um, yeah. I also think that it's important to kind of fact check them too, because, <laughs> you know, as an outsider looking into someone's life, we kind of can make some assumptions about things because, you know, we are seeing this much of their life where this is, you know, their whole picture. So just based on what we see may not be the actual event that's occurring. So I think it's important to like fact check them and have like some personal responsibility for your own soul because at the end of the day, you know, people can't, pay for your sins. I mean, Jesus did, um, but at the end of the time on judgment day, you know, there's so much that he can do and you have to be the one that's accountable for, 
for your actions here on earth. So um, with that, you know, we God gave us the instruction book. So you go back and fact check your life against the Bible and say, am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? You know, appreciate those people that brought it to your attention, but you have to do it yourself really, yeah. you know? So the third thing about Jezebel was her intelligence. And yes, she was incredibly evil, but she was also incredibly smart, but she didn't use it for good. Um, so one example was in 1 Kings 21, and Ahab, there's this vineyard next to their palace, and Ahab wants to buy the vineyard, vineyard for, from the man, and the Naboth, the owner of the vineyard, says, you know, no, I don't want to sell it. It was my father's, it's my inheritance, I just don't want to sell it, which is perfectly respectable. Mm -hmm. And Ahab, instead of being a grown man, he acts like a child and goes and pouts and won't eat. And he's just like pouting around. Jezebel's like, what's wrong with you? And he tells her the whole thing. And she's like, I'll, she's like, I'll take care of it. So she goes and writes this letter and forges her husband's signature. So that there's a crime right there, forgery. <laughs> and she sends his out to, it says the elders. So I guess the elders of the Israelite. Because um, they were kind of like the, the judgment for the community, right? I guess so, yeah. So she sends these letters out and like saying all these false things about Naboth. And they, she's like, we're going to, you know, she, they got to set him up and then they take him out and stone him because they accuse him like of, um, it says that he, um, the people testify that Naboth cursed God and the king. So they take him out and stone him and she's like, all right, now you can take the vineyard. So she did all this like evil things and got this guy killed just so he, they could have this vineyard next to them. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, just really terrible things. So how do we use our minds? You know, she used her mind to scheme and try to get what she wants. You know, do may not try to get somebody killed so we can have something, but are we scheming just to, you know, are we doing things just so we can have more? You know, we're not concerned about the people around us. We're not concerned about what they want and how they're living. We're just like, this is very selfish, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, do we use our minds to glorify God and work for the kingdom? Or are we, you know, just concerned about our lives here? Yeah. It reminded me a lot of that um, story of David when he was approached by Nathan about his um, sin with Bathsheba and how he had her husband murdered mm -hmm. so that he could have her, you know, and he wouldn't look like a bad guy. Um, and how, you know, that story that Nathan told about how, you know, there was a man who had a bunch of sheep and there was a guy that had one sheep and the, the shepherd with a bunch of sheep killed the guy with one sheep so he could have one sheep. <laughs> um, and how like upset David was about it yeah. and how, you know, he realized that that was him and how mm -hmm. he changed his ways. But she just seems to have like no remorse for it at all. Like yeah. no... She, like, doesn't care about anybody yeah. but herself. I guess she cares for her husband. I mean, she did for her husband, but that's about it. But, it, you it's know, still benefit this, her. Right, right. You know, it was it was probably to make her life easier so she wouldn't have to put him with him and whine him the whole time. So, you know, it, it just shows, like, how she just used people in her life as a pawn. You know, every life was her chess game, and she just used whatever resources she needed to so that she could be happy. But... It never seemed like she was happy. Like she was never, yeah. she never seemed to be content with anything in her life. You know, she was upset about 
um, Elijah, just everything. There was never a moment where I'm like, oh, she kind of seemed happy. Like right. she just seemed miserable her whole life. I think when you live a selfish life like that, it, it does make you more miserable. I mean, because sure. you constantly look for something else to bring in to make you happy instead of, you know, finding joy in the Lord, you know. Mm -hmm. So the last point about Jezebel is her pride. So after they kill Naboth, Elijah goes to, to the king and queen and um, he tells Ahab that Ahab has provoked the Lord because he caused Israel to sin. And he says, you know, kind of almost like a curse on your house, you know, type of thing. He's like, you know, your household, if, you, if they die in the city, they're going to be eaten by dogs. If they die in the country, they'll be eaten by birds. And apparently this really gets to Ahab because he repents and it says that verse Kings 21 verse 27 says, so it was when Ahab heard those words that he tore his clothes and put sackcloth on his body and fasted and lay in sackcloth and went about mourning. Um, and so then the Lord tells Elijah, he says, see how Ahab has humbled himself before me because he has humbled himself before me. I will not bring the calamity in his days. In the days of his son, I will bring the calamity on his house. So, you know, the Lord recognized that Ahab did have a change of heart. It doesn't look like Jezebel or probably their children changed their ways. Um, so Ahab dies in battle and many years later, you know, the like, new kings have come in and stuff. Um, and Jezebel, you know, she fulfills the prophecy. She's sitting in, I guess, her whatever palace or whatever it is that she lived in at that time. And the, the new king comes up and he tells people to push her out the window. So push her out the window. Horses trample her, and when they go to ch to see, uh, you know, get her body, the dogs had eaten her up. Um, so that just is like a terrible way mm -hmm. to die. Like that is awful. Um, so you know, Ahab, while Ahab realized the error of his ways all this time, Jezebel, her pride just kept her from repenting and, and admitting the truth. You know, that kind of going back to that attitude of, you know, somebody trying to point out and trying to help you and show you the way, and she's just like. No, you know, I'm sticking to what I know. I'm not changing anything. And just that prideful heart just kind of kept her um, and brought her destruction. Like it says in Proverbs 16, verse 18, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And that last part was literal for Jezebel. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, do we keep our, does our pride keep us from turning and doing what's right? It's from changing or having a change of heart. You know, we see that from Ahab and from Paul in the New Testament. You know, he was out killing and persecuting Christians because he thought that's, that's what was right. He thought that's what God would want because, you know, growing up as a Jew, he knew you know, the Jewish law. And sure, they were supposed to say the prophecies and signs, but, you know, he didn't get that somehow. And so he was like, these people are saying blasphemous things about the Lord. You know, this is what I'm supposed to do. I need to take care of it. But when he was approached by Jesus himself, he didn't like say, you know, he could have somehow, I guess, I mean, been like, no, this is some kind of weird dream or something mm -hmm. I'm having. No, he realized, oh, wow, I've made a mistake. And he became the biggest advocate for God and Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, do we, even if we go against God so far that we're, you know, telling people they're wrong, once we realize they're right, God's going to accept us. He doesn't matter how big it is. You know, he is always there to kind of bring us back in. They want to 
when you look at the characteristics that Jezebel had, you know, she was intelligent, she was bold, she was courageous, mm -hmm. um, and she had leadership, you know, qualities. And when you just look at those alone, you're like, wow, you know, what an awesome woman, you know, she's powerful. Um, but then when you look at what she did with those, you know, it's just so terrible. Um, so, you know, you just got to uh, make sure that the things, the characters that you have, you know, you're using them for good. So if you have, you know, if you are courageous and you're bold and you can just, you know, talk to people, you know, don't just tell people off all the time, you know, <laughs> use that to, um, to help lift other people up who can't maybe um, speak boldly and, um, you know, aren't very courageous, um, you know, um, and that's just an example that came to my mind, but yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, she was definitely prideful up until the end because, you know, it says in in the passage that when Jehu was coming, <laughs> is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah. I guess. Jehu, whatever. Um, when he was coming, you know, she put on some makeup, she mm -hmm. put on some fancy clothes, I guess. And, um, you know, she wanted to look good. Nice. So, you know, we hope you look at the stuff we point out. There's probably a lot of other things we could learn from her. These are just four things that we wanted to mention. Um, so, you know, how, like Marina was saying, you know, how do you use your powers, you know, that God's given you, your talents? How are you using that? Are you using it to lift people up and, you know, try to bring other people in? And or are you using them for evil? Are you trying to just get your way and get what you want? And, you know, being prideful and having a bad attitude and like not listening to other people and, you know, having an open mind, open heart about things. Um, so it's just important to kind of, uh, self-evaluation of how you're influencing people you know are you living the way that you say others people should live you know or mm -hmm. saying the you know living the way that you say that you should live you know if you're not living up to that then it doesn't do any good to say those things so i hope you have a good weekend join this and always remember to be kind be humble and use your powers for good <laughs> bye, bye.